Hi there. You're listening to Lindisfarne Anglican Church's Sermon Podcast, a place where you can hear God's Word preached if you weren't able to join us at one of our services during the week. My prayer for you today is that as you listen to this message, you'd be challenged, encouraged, and equipped to live as a disciple of Christ in the world. May God richly bless you as you listen to this message today. Well, I can remember when I was uh, working in a school uh, back in Melbourne about eight or nine years ago uh, as in my role as a youth minister. Uh, and I decided that what I would do in this school at lunchtime is uh, take the kids who are coming, some Christians, some not, uh, through uh, the teachings of Jesus. Uh, just sort of going through some of the things Jesus said uh, and getting them to discuss it. And we got to this part of the Bible where Jesus talks about loving your enemies. Uh, and I very clearly and vividly remember this one uh, boy, he would have been about 14 or 15 years old, uh, uh, as we read out, love your enemies, he just looked at me and he was just like, that is the stupidest thing that I've ever heard anyone ever say. Love your enemies. Are you serious? Jesus wants me to love my enemies. I want to kill my enemies. I want to get even with them. I want to be strong. I want to uh, fight back. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He just wouldn't have any of it. It wasn't fair and it was a fascinating response. A a real kind of honest uh, uh, first impression for this kid of what he thought about these words of Jesus, to love your enemies. Now, I wonder how it is you feel when you hear Jesus say, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Perhaps you've got some sympathy for that 14 or 15-year-old boy and have a little bit of outrage that he would say such a thing. Maybe you uh, stand in awe and amazement of, of, of the upside-down beauty of these words of Jesus. Or maybe you're scared because Jesus is calling you to do something that is very, very difficult. All sorts of responses that we could have to these words of Jesus. These are words that come in the context of Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, uh, in Luke's Gospel, there are there words uh, that are part of the whole of chapter six, where Jesus uh, is outlining to the pe- to his disciples the new ethics of his kingdom. You you might remember uh, if you can think back to when we were last preaching through Luke uh, that in the first few chapters of Luke's Gospel, Jesus keeps getting into conflict with the Pharisees over things about the Sabbath and and law-keeping and healing. Uh, And uh, this conflict is a conflict between this old way of thinking, which is God will be happy with you if you maintain outward appearances, and Jesus saying, no, no, it's actually about what is on the inside. The new kingdom that Jesus announces and brings is all about inward character rather than outward observance. Uh, And as Jesus begins to sort of outline this grand vision in chapter 6, he starts with the blessings and the woes. And the final pair of blessings and woes that come in the uh, very uh, 
the, the first part of chapter 6 before this reading, uh, are about persecution. Let me read them to you. Verse 22. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. That's the final uh, blessing that Jesus uh, gives for people who are part of this new kingdom. And the final woe, verse 26, woe to everyone a woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. This is a hard thing, isn't it? He's saying, uh, as Christians, as people who follow Jesus, our, we're to be, we are blessed when we are persecuted and we are to rejoice in that persecution. And now actually Jesus is going one step further. Not only are we to, to, to consider ourselves blessed when we are persecuted, to rejoice in that persecution, but actually we're to respond to that persecution, to our enemies, with radical self-sacrificial love. Because the very next verse are these verses. But to you who are listening, Jesus says, <coughs> excuse me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who ill-treat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who asks of you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. These are radical verses, particularly when we consider them in the context of Jesus just telling us uh, uh, about the kind of persecution that we're going to experience as we follow him. And they're the kind of verses I think that sometimes we can sort of happily nod along to. We think, yes, that's a good idea. The world would be a much better place if everyone just loved their enemies and uh, if everyone did good to everyone and was blessed everyone and didn't repay evil for evil. And that would be a lovely part of the world to live. And uh, what, good, what, a good, what a good idea this is. And we can sort of nod our heads along and sort of fail to really think too deeply about the difficulty of these words. As I was preparing this message, I saw uh, in the papers and on the television news that in Egypt uh, a Christian, a busload of Christians uh, was on its way to a monastery just last week when uh, some Islamic terrorists jumped on board and shot them and a whole bunch of them died. They were killed because they were Christian. They are clearly these people's enemies. And imagine for a moment, you're a Christian, you're from Egypt, and it's your mother or your daughter, your husband, your son, who was on that bus, who's been shot by those terrorists, and you open up your Bible for some wisdom and you read these words from Jesus, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse for you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, give them your other cheek. Give to them and do not demand it back from them. I think when we think deeply about the kind of love that this passage is calling us to, we might have some sympathy for my friend back in that high school in Melbourne who was outraged. I mean, how dare Jesus call me to love the gunman who mows down my 
my loved one. It's hard. It's hard to put these words into practice. And, and, and my natural inclination is to, is to wish for payback. In fact, some of my favourite uh, movies of all time are, are movies that involve kind of righteous payback. So I don't know if you've ever seen Braveheart or Gladiator, uh, two of my all-time favourite movies. Braveheart starring Mel Gibson as uh, William Wallace of Scotland as he takes on those dastardly poms. Uh, And uh, Gladiator where uh, Russell Crowe stars uh, as a um, Roman sort of general uh, who has uh, the Roman emperorship stolen from him by uh, the evil son of the former emperor. Uh, And both of them have their families or loved ones killed and the movies both uh, sort of chronicle their quest uh, for eventual revenge. And I watch those movies and I think, go you two, like kill those bad dudes. This is, you know, such an excellent thing to do. And yet Jesus says, don't seek revenge. Instead, love your enemy." And he goes on to say that actually it's when we do that and when we are are motivated to do that, that this actually explains and is evidence that we've been captured and understand what it is God has done for us. Verses 32 to 36, Jesus says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend and respect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But what don't people who uh, or what don't people do who know who don't know the Lord Jesus? They don't live this kind of life. Verse thirty-five: Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you'll be children of the Most High. So the question I think is how do we get to the place where we can do this kind of, live this kind of life, do these kind of things? Uh, And uh, one scholar, N.T. Wright, a bishop uh, from England, he says these words as he reflects on uh, the teachings of Jesus here. Is it possible, he says, well, yes and no. Jesus' point was not to provide his followers with a new rule book a list of do's and don'ts that you could tick off one by one and sit back satisfied at the end of a successful moral day. His point was to illustrate an attitude of heart, a lightness of spirit in the face of all that the world can throw at you. And at the centre of it is the thing that motivates and gives colour to the whole. You are to be like this because this is what God is like. God is generous to all people, Generous in the eyes of the stingy to a fault. He provides good things for all to enjoy, the undeserving as well as the deserving. He is astonishingly merciful. Anyone who knows their own heart truly and still goes on experiencing God's grace and love will agree with this. How can we, his forgiven children, be any less? Only when people discover that this is the sort of God they are dealing with, will they have any chance of making this way of life their own? You see, the words of Jesus here are radical, but he's not asking us to do anything he himself hasn't done. 
You see, Jesus is actually just asking us to reflect the love he has for the world to the world. The love he has for us to the world. In Romans, Paul puts it like this. We were God's enemies, but we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. You see, the truth is, isn't it, that without Jesus, all of us are, in fact, viewed by God as enemies. And yet he loves us in spite of that, and he demonstrates that love by sending his son into this world to die for us. When I watch those movies, Braveheart or Gladiator, uh, and I identify myself with Mel Gibson or Russell Crowe, the truth is I've totally misunderstood what I'm really like before God, isn't it? Sometimes I think that I'm like Russell Crowe and I'm the righteous one who, who ought to go and get justice for the world and justice for myself. But in fact, the truth is I'm not like that. There is only one righteous man and his name is Jesus. The rest of us are hopeless enemies of God in desperate need of a righteous saviour. The reason I should identify with those men in those movies is because they point me to Jesus, the one who's willing to sacrifice whatever it takes for those whom he loves. We are God's enemies, but he made us his friends through the death of his son. God loves us deeply. And when we know that and when we've experienced that, that transforms us to be people who can love our enemies like Jesus is calling us to here. There's a story of a girl called Jessica in the United States who one day uh, couldn't work out where her mum had gone. And uh, after a day, two days, calling the police and uh, getting things sorted, she realised that, in fact, something bad had happened to her mother. A few days later, her mother's body was found. And a few days after that, they realised that it had been Jessica's stepfather who had killed her mother. Now, if someone kills someone like that, someone so close to you, you'd rightly conceive of them as your enemy. But as Jessica tells her story, uh, and I've got a video that I can show you at some time if you'd like to see it, uh, she talks about how from the very beginning, God worked in her a great peace, knowing that Jesus had died for her, for her mum, and even for her stepfather. And that her job in the midst of her grief was to extend God's love, even to the man who'd killed her own mother. And it is an intensely powerful story to see her stand before the court and extend the grace of God to this man who has taken something she loved and treasured so dearly as her mother. It's not easy. She does it through tears. But it's extremely powerful and a great lived example of Christians being empowered by God to love their enemies.
I pray that as we understand the great love God has for each one of us, we'll be empowered to live like that in the world and demonstrate God's deep love and forgiveness for each one of our friends and families who do not yet know him. Amen. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. I hope you were encouraged by God as he spoke to you by his Holy Spirit. Please head to our website if you'd like more information about our church, www.lindisfarneanglican.org.au or like us on Facebook by searching Lindisfarne Anglican. We are a church for Lindisfarne, making disciples of Jesus. God bless.